Today, when you came out of the White House, you also said that you understand the necessity of Ukraine funding. Does that mean that you believe you'll be able to get Ukraine funding passed? Listen, we all oppose Vladimir Putin and the barbarism and the aggression that he's, uh, he's shown there, and he must be stopped. But what's happening in Ukraine right now, that status quo cannot be maintained. That's unacceptable. We cannot spend billions of dollars without a clear strategy articulated. And I told the president in the meeting today, again, as I've been saying repeatedly, sir, you have to articulate what the strategy is. What is the end game? What is, what is the outcome of that that we're trying to achieve? And how will we have accountability for the dollars, the precious taxpayer dollars of the American people? Well, when he you talks were in the a room with him, did you ask him yeah. those questions? I absolutely did, exactly and that way. What did and he I, tell and you? I said, I said, Mr. President, you've just spent a lot of time here talking about the safety and security and the sovereignty of Ukraine. How about the safety, security, sovereignty of the United States? That's what our people are demanding first. That is the priority. But when you I asked him to lay exactly out his plans on Ukraine specifically, what did he tell you? I mean, you, you were in there in the room with him. I didn't get any answers today, Caitlin. Um, it was a round robin where all the senators and the uh, chairman of the House, uh, everyone got to, to say their piece, and then the, the clock expired and we ran out of time. We do not have the answers that we have been seeking for Ukraine funding. And I've been very clear, very forthright. I've been in good faith from day one. I went to the White House within hours of, of being handed the gavel to be speaker back in late October. And I told them, I told the Secretary of State, the, uh, Jake Sullivan, the NSA, I told Secretary Austin, I've told the, the White House and the president himself, we need the answers that the American people are demanding and but deserve. Do you think ultimately you'll get Ukraine funding passed? We, we'll see. I, look, I understand the importance, and I've said this clearly, I understand the importance of Ukraine funding. I understand the threat that Vladimir Putin poses to the world order and what he might do if he's not stopped. But we have to be good stewards of the, of the taxpayers' dollars. And I'm saying that the status quo there is not acceptable. And I think a large and growing number of the American people understand that. We've got to be very serious about how they, how they handle these issues. I, I can't address hypotheticals because we don't have it yet, but I think we'll have those details very soon. Well, we have seen the White House's proposal on Ukraine funding, of course, paired with also funding for Israel. But I do wonder about that because a member of your conference said today that if you pass Ukraine funding, she will personally motion, make the motion to, to oust you from your role as House Speaker. That's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Are you worried about threats to your job like that? No, I have a job to do. We all have to do our jobs. Marjorie Taylor Greene is very upset about the lack of oversight over the funding and the lack of a articulation of a plan, as am I, all of us. Many but she doesn't House care about a plan. She doesn't want any Ukraine funding, period, she, no, no matter what the White House says the plan is. I understand that. Yeah, I've talked with her about it personally at great length, and she's made her position very clear. Um, we have to do our job. We have to continue to ensure that we're covering all these bases, and we'll see how all this shakes out. I'm, I'm not worried about that. I got a job to do here, and we have to make sure that we get the answers that we've demanded. I don't think these are unreasonable answers and questions, by the way. These are, these are very uh, reasonable things we've asked the White House for, and they just haven't produced it. Well, Jake Sullivan was in that meeting today and from our readouts was, was going through what Ukraine needs and how immediate that need is. Uh, but I noticed there you didn't say whether or not you definitely do think Ukraine funding will get passed. You know, part of this entire funding conversation is whether or not there's going to be a government shutdown. Are you committed to avoiding a government shutdown, Speaker? Well, I, I think my actions have shown that we're trying to do the right thing, and that is to get the appropriations process completed. 
we did have a very important innovation, innovation here in that we broke the, uh, what I call the Christmas omnibus spending fever. Every year, as long as I've been in Congress and many years before, the Senate jammed the White House right before Christmas with a you know, 3,000 page piece of legislation that funded all the government in one foul swoop, 1.7, 1.8 billion uh, trillion dollars. We didn't do that this year, we broke it up. So we have the deadlines coming up. We're, we're gonna pass a continued resolution to allow a little bit more time for that process to go forward and, and keep the government operating. We have to demonstrate we can govern and I think we will do that. And no more CRs after this or is there a possibility that you may get down the road and have another CR? Well, no, I sure hope they're not necessary because I think all the appropriators are doing their work right now. But is that a yes or a no? Because right you said I sure hope not, but, but I mean, you as speaker can make the decision on that. Well, I can, but we shouldn't have to make that decision because by setting the dates now in March 1 and March 8, we'll have enough time to get that process done. And I'm, I'm convinced that we will because you have people on both sides, uh, both chambers who are working in good faith to finish that up. I think they will. I think we'll be able to get our policy riders and our policy changes in that. And that was a very important part for the House Republicans to be able to achieve. And, and we cut some of the funding as well. We got another $16 billion carved out of that. And I think those are important steps for us to take. Yeah, we've heard a, a lot of complaints from some lawmakers, Republican lawmakers who've been on the show uh, about those CRs and what that spending plan is. But Speaker, let me ask you on the presidential race. You have endorsed former President Donald Trump in the 2024 race. That's a change from where you were when he ran the first time around back in 2016. You said then that you believe he lacked character and a moral center. I I'm curious why your opinion on that has changed now, why you are now endorsing him. No, I, I did endorse President Trump the first time around. Uh, before I got to know him, before many of the, the country got to know him, I just knew a little bit about his, uh, uh, his, his reputation and some things he had said. Look, President Trump and I are, are very close. We work very closely together. I was one of his impeachment defense lawyers. As you know, you covered that whole saga. Um, I, was a, I was a very close ally of his in Congress. I'm convinced he's gonna be the next president of the United States, that he will get a, a second term. And I'm very much looking forward to that happening because we need him to come in and bring those policies back to fix this country. How and I think he's going to have the opportunity to do that. How often do you speak to him? Uh, pretty frequently now. You know, every, I don't know, few days or so. Um, uh, he is very busy right now, of course, with the, just finished up the Iowa caucus in New Hampshire. I think he's going to uh, finish well. And I think on the Republican side, this nomination will be, uh, will be completed and locked up here pretty soon. I mean, does he give you advice on, on leading this fractious House Republican Party as it is right now? No, we, we talk about policy. We talk about uh, a lot of things that are pending for the country, the, his campaign and things that are going on. Uh, I, I share with him uh, things that I hear from uh, the grassroots and having been on the ground, I've traveled to I think 15 states now in the last 10 weeks, going to my colleagues' districts and hearing from the people. And they're very excited about a change. What's happening right now in the country under the failed Biden administration uh, has been devastating to the people. There's not a single metric of public policy that President Biden can point to in his administration to say that they've been successful. And everybody knows that. And it doesn't matter what talking points they say, the facts are stubborn things, as John Adams said. You know, that's and I think the people are looking at the facts. That's interesting to me to hear you say that. I'm not surprised that you hold that opinion, of course. You are the Republican House Speaker. But, but we've heard from House Republicans, people like Congressman Chip Roy, who say the House Republicans have nothing to show for what they've done, that they've been the least productive. Yeah, Chip's one of, my, one of my very good friends, and he and I have talked about this in, at, at length. When he said that, he was discounting the fact that we only have the majority in one chamber, in one house of the, of the legislative body here. Uh, the Senate, of course, is controlled by Chuck Schumer and the Democrats. So we passed some very important legislation, landmark legislation, including H.R. 1, which is the uh, energy bill that we, that we passed, H.R. 2, which is the Secure the Border Act. 
Things like that that we've sent over are sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk. So we only have control over one House of Congress, and we don't have the White House and the Senate. So, but doesn't that uh, mean you have to compromise on things like immigration? Well, that's why I went to the White House today to talk that through. Of course, we have divided government, and that's what's required. The, the, the framers of the, of the Constitution and our system understood that it was going to take hard work by both sides and people with very different philosophical viewpoints, but, but to be able to sit down in good faith and work it out, to arm wrestle over public policy and reach a consensus that would move the ball forward for the most people. That's what this process is about. We don't always get what we want. And Chip and I share a lot of the frustrations. We surely would like to get a lot more, but I told him, Chip, remember, next January, totally different situation, because I think we're going to have a bigger majority in the House. I think the Republican Party is going to retake the Senate. And I think we're going to have the White House as well. It'll be a very different day and a very different set of policies when we get to that point. Yeah, we've seen that before. We'll see what happens here. Speaker Mike Johnson, thank you for your time. We look forward to having you back here on The Source.